This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Are you ready? I don't know. Are you ready? Oh, I don't know. Are you ready? Was Penn State ready? Penn State wasn't ready. I know Penn State wasn't ready. Hey, Dave, I'll tell you what. Uh, I underestimated. I didn't know that Kalen King wasn't going to play, and I underestimated how, how much this team uh, relied on Manny Diaz, Manny Diaz as, as a defensive coordinator. It all showed up. Lane Kiffin and that offense went right after the, the weak yeah, spot. Young corners. I yep. talked to Jack Ham before the game, and he called him a... Uh, uh, kiddies or something yeah. like that. I don't want to use the wrong word, but the, the gist of it was a, a couple of guys who really have not played as much as Johnny Dixon and Kalen King, and it showed. I mean, I, I, I just asked Kiffin, somebody else asked him this, saying, you know, the, for the starting corners that aren't in the game, uh, did that affect your game plan at all? And he said, well, we get, and it's Lane Kiffin, well, well, we get paid a lot of money to, to be coaches, and we probably would, wouldn't be doing our duty if we didn't attack what we see as weak points. And those were weak points. I, they had three really good receivers and a terrific tight end. The tight end was something their, who's, who's their their probably, I think he's the most prolific uh, yeah, pass catcher. You look at the numbers during the regular season, they didn't jump out. But the other thing, David, is... Balance. The other thing is, Penn State, if you look at who they played this year, they played some good teams where they're a different kind of talented team. So they did not play a team with this kind of, with this no. kind of firepower and that kind of coach and, and calling a, plays. And, and a quarterback who had a real connection with Watkins and Harris and, and Dayton Wade. I mean, these yeah. were talented receivers who caught everything. Yeah. They Everything. dropped one ball, and they did things that we don't see in the Big Ten either. As Mississippi right. did all year, uh, Jackson Dart attacks the sidelines, and he throws. You better be coordinated between your cornerback and your safety because yeah. he is attacks that sideline, and if you're not reacting right away as a safety and getting over there, mm -hmm. there's going to be guys alone. Plus, they had all sorts of influence plays where the, uh, the tight end would go in they motion. They got up. Oh, my you, God. And, I, and there was no the adjustments. Were not, I don't think the adjustments, there was yeah. not a lot they could do. But it was it was impressive to watch yeah, them. Yeah, it was. And this was not fluky, and it really wasn't as close to the final score. No, and, and they, they did also, they also emptied out the bag of tricks with all sorts of little inside motion inside, the, the, right right next to the, they were almost hiding Priestcorn as far as, as yeah. running him in motion. And then he would come out in the flat and be completely wide open. That happened a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, Harris caught everything thrown at him. And the funny part was the first couple of series, it looked like what, you know, Ole Miss's problem when we heard about this was yeah. their offensive line in very good. And there was a lot of free rushers coming in. Mm -hmm. Abdul Carter looked like he was going to kill Dart early in the game. Yep. And, and, and Lane made a, a big point of mentioning that number 11 he probably could have gone to the draft this yeah, year. Yeah, he said that. Yeah. So he mitigated his weaknesses. He did. He immediately said, "Well, I, and this is what I asked him about. I asked him about strategy after this first couple of series. What are you going to do there?" And he said, "Well, we immediately started throwing quick passes, and which is I told you before the game. I thought they would do yeah. that and just not even. And Judkins is a really good running back." 
But yeah. he, he couldn't run him early. It didn't work, so he got out of it. He quit trying it, and he went to what he knew would work. And it did work against those young corners. Uh, one final thing just on the game. I don't know from an offensive perspective that it was in Penn, Penn State's best interest to kind of get away from the running game because yeah. anytime they wanted to run the ball, I felt like they could have, but they were determined to mix it up. And Drew Aller did not have one of his better games. He no. had the yards, Again. but I think he was 19 of 39. And Penn State's receiver core is not a strength. They're so not, they, if you're they're not, not going to throw the ball on tight ends, you're probably not going to complete many passes. Liam good. Clifford is, is, is the guy you're looking at in the fourth quarter. It's a problem. The first wide out to catch a pass, as you point out, in the third quarter was Liam yeah. Clifford. And the first one to even get targeted. I mean, Kander and Lambert Smith got targeted once the whole game. Is that right? That's been a recurring theme down the stretch. And, and you got Tyler Warren, a tight end, yeah. splitting out all the time. Oh, a lot in this yeah. game. That's how weak they are at wideout. Mm-hmm. And James Franklin said afterward, you know, it was his very last quote that, yeah, we have to get dangerous on the edge. And they're, they're anything but dangerous yeah. on the edge. All right, Dave Jones, I just wanted to say one thing. Um, I, I remember a while back, you once asked a famous Penn State person about retirement. And I believe that person said, the only retirement I'm looking forward to <laughs> is yours. I remember that. And it was a, it was a great quote. Uh, I remember the exchange. Date. It was I an exchange that you yeah. and Joe Paterno had. If you want to go into it, you can. But I, I'm just not aware. I don't know that if every Penn State fan who follows you closely knows that this was your last game. And I just wanted to give you the floor a little bit because I just feel like it was funny. I thought there was a little bit of a, a connection there between your question to him, what he said, and maybe how you're feeling right now. Speaking of follow, I think the Beaver Stadium tractor is following <laughs> us here. Yeah. That was August 1st, 2000. You know how I am about remembering weird dates, mm-hmm. so I remember that date. And, you know, the question was out there whether Joe was going to quit. Sure. And I, in my, the way I do, have a long-winded way of asking questions. And he finally just breaks in because he was ready for it. And of course, the tractor comes right now. Right. <laughs> he said, he said, Jones, the only retirement I'm worried about is yours. And the explosion of laughter. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, 100, 150 people. And then the, the laughter dies down. And he just said, and I can't wait. And then another explosion of laughter. And all I could do was laugh because it was really funny. Well, 23 years later, this, here we are. <laughs> this is this is the time. This will be my last Penn State uh, yeah. Penn State game. And a lot of people will probably feel just like Joe did. Uh, but it's been quite a run. Yeah. And it's time for me to do other things. Uh-huh. Um, I have had a lot of fun doing it. You've been a terrific yeah. partner. You really have. And it's, we'll, it's we'll been some, a pleasure. Yeah. We'll do some podcasts. I'm yeah. not going to quit until April, but yeah. this is my last one. I just think that for the Penn State fans that are listening, we're going to get run over. We're going to get run over by the cars. Slide over here. <laughs> Joe Hermes. So appropriate. Right? I, no appropriate. I just think that he was a lot gonna of, too. I <laughs> just. Camera. Yeah. You want to get grab that camera? Because he's going to run it over. I just think, Dave, that the Penn State fans <laughs> might not have always agreed with your point of view. But I think they are going to miss you. And I think there's no question. Uh, I don't think this is an understatement. He's going to run us over. He's going to run us over. Why don't we just go this way? (laughs) (laughs) This is perfect. Yeah, Uh, yeah, he just gave us a thumbs up. He was going to to be blood on the field. (laughs) I got Um, a job to do. Just real quick. I think even if they didn't always agree with you, I don't think I, I, I think I am I'm dead on when I say I don't think there's ever been a more talented writer uh, of sports 
uh, at the Patriot News or at Penn Live. And I, I feel very confident saying that. I think a lot of Penn State fans, even if they got mad at you at times, realize this. And I hope they are going to reach out to you in the coming weeks and months and just, just <laughs> either say, you know, good luck with everything or, oh, God, thank God you're leaving. But well, I just think they need to be aware of it. And I think that they're go- they realize what they're going to be missing hey, in the thank future. Thank you. And speaking of which, James Franklin came back to me after yeah. yesterday's press conference and big smile on his face and wish me luck. And I like James Franklin. Yeah. I wish him well. I, I hope he can make yeah. this work. It's not a good point for him right now. But yep. A lot of things are changing in this business. Sure. It's probably time for a younger person to cover it. He might also be secretly thrilled that you're not going to ask him about going for two anymore. And he's, there's a little bit of relief on his part, but I, I, I felt like that was genuine. I'm glad he did it. I think we had a nice reception for you at the, uh, the beat. Mark Brennan and Neil Rudell hosted it, and I think you enjoyed they were it. Terrific. But they I just were wanted terrific. to make sure Penn State fans realized and what was going to happen. And I think they're aware of it, and if they weren't, they, they're going to be missing out for years to come. And the man behind the camera yeah, Joe Herman. had a lot to do with it, too, I know. <laughs> I've heard since then. Anyway, that's it from Mercedes Benz Stadium. Is that what it's called? That's right. What a place. It is something of a place. And until next time, wherever I may be. Adios. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Pen Live.